everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Is that a wad of Benjamins in your pocket or are you excited to see me? My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking? Great, man. Yeah. I, uh, I'm milking my Coca Psycho Imperial, Ru- Imperial Russian Stout Brew with coffee, chocolate, and vanilla. It's damn tasty by Brewdogs. So jealous of that. I want that so bad. But... Well, I, I want to ask you what you're drinking, yeah. and I'm kind of jealous. I thought we were going to go Twinsies. No, nah, see, all right, so I bought a uh, bomber of Imperial Pumpkin by Southern Tier, which is my second favorite pumpkin beer. I think the Pumpkin by uh, Dogfish Head is my favorite. I had that over the weekend, but this one is a, is a close second, and mm. it's delicious. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ha- I have to have a sip. Hold on. But it's so goddamn good! Oh, all right, anyway. Uh... So today's catchphrase is, is that a wad of Benjamins in your pocket, or are you excited to see me? That was sent in by Greg Crawford. Thank you so much, Greg. And you can send those in via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Money Matters Man. And you can also send them into our Facebook account, if you do so, please, if you're more of a Facebook person. Uh, it's Facebook.com slash Listen Money Matters. Uh, so... Today, we're doing a Better Know a Millionaire episode, but there's some fun stuff at the end, and we have a guest. Uh, His name is, I'm going to say, Jordan Harbinger, right? Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. Excellent. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Even after your stout brew. So, wait a minute. Let me just get this. Are you guys drinking on the job right now? Always and forever. (laughs) Why didn't you tell me I would have got a glass of whiskey? We'll pretend like you have a glass of whiskey. That's not fun for me, though. That's you, only fun for you. Do you want to get a glass of whiskey? We'll wait. I wouldn't mind. I mean, is that going to work? Can you edit out the me pouring whiskey? Absolutely. All right. Or well, we'll keep it in. Give me, yeah, yeah, I think we might, might keep well. it in. All right, <laughs> give, me, give me a second. I'm going to go get some Macallan 15. Oh, you son oh. of a bitch. Yeah. Sent oh. by Macallan. No, I'm just kidding. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, I'm actually a huge Macallan fan. I like Macallan 12-year, which is not even – I mean, it's like their lower end. It's like the 40 – 48 bucks, I think. My dad drinks it all the time. Did you have you ever had McAllen, Andrew? Uh I I don't think so. Did we have it at a podcast movement? Uh I might have gotten you one and you didn't know it. But I got that I had, could have been a thing. I had a, a couple of McAllen 12 years there. McAllen 15 year, we had bought a bottle of it, and it's I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as the 12 year, but then we bought a bottle of 17 year, which was good. Ah, uh, that's right. I remember you telling me. Yeah. yeah. But the la- the uh, first one, the first McAllen I ever had was an eighteen year. Was just, all right. There he is. Yeah. So, sorry. I, I realized you you probably didn't know I was actually going to go to my bar and grab. Oh no, I knew it. McAllen. Oh, you oh, did. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's funny because it has been such a hectic day that I I, I got a, you know those days where you get up and you're like oh shit I gotta get studio I was running late for something <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then it was like oh I didn't really eat breakfast. So this is actually my breakfast. I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking. I mean, this He's, is what you guys have brought me towards. There here. you go, breakfast of champions. <laughs> yeah, McAllen and it's it's, it's not morning at least. No, it's not. It morning. Still is breakfast technically. Why McAllen 15 instead of 12 or 17 or 18 or 25? Actually, this is 12, and the reason is because uh, usually I have these spherical ice cubes uh-huh. that I have that my girlfriend got these you know spherical ice makers. They're great for whiskey. I don't actually. I think what is it like more surface area, less melt. I don't really know, but <laughs> yes, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't use one of those, and so I put in regular ice cubes, which are going to melt faster. Uh-huh. And I'm figuring if you're, it's okay to, as you know, water down scotch. In fact, you should a little. A generally. little. I have. A, I actually have a little. Uh, I'm super scotch. Um, 
what do you want to call it? Uh, snob. So I have it's one of those little hole. eye droppers, but it's just a drop of spring water to activate it. Mm-hmm. And I usually drink my scotches neat, but that has it's been a it's been a long road. You started with you know scotch and water uh, on ice, then it was scotch on the rocks, uh, then it was scotch. Uh, I did I never did scotch and soda, but then I did scotch neat, and I've been doing that for the last five or six years. And I oh my god, I had a couple down in podcast movement. Uh, we had I had a Macallan twelve year, which is my usual my usual go to is Macallan twelve year because it's I think fifty bucks, pretty cheap. Yeah, and then uh, that's the what 15, I got right now. Yeah, the fifteen year I didn't like so much, but then the eighteen year and seventeen year were ugh, awesome. Eight, 18's real good. I sort of saved that for when it's like, yeah, hey, let's have a drink. I haven't seen you in a long time. You like scotch? I love scotch. <laughs> All right, I have eighteen year, and then you work your way down. Yeah. Because you don't give a shit after a while, and and oh, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, we have got, an explicit tag on our. Just on our making podcast. sure, you know, yeah. some people go, "Oh, we're gonna have to bleep out everything this guy says." Nope. So I went twelve because it was in the freezer, and I didn't want to melt these ice cubes too much. Fair enough. So, or the ice cube, I should say, too much. Yeah. Because I don't want to be drinking whiskey and water for lunch. I got slash you. Breakfast. Cool. <laughs> well, I, I guess I should introduce you, Jordan, huh? And who you are. Jordan Harbinger, <laughs> alcoholic. <apparently. laughs> so uh, for, those, you know, for those of you who do not know who Jordan is, he's, he's just the uh, co-founder of Artofcharm.com, a live academy for men where they'll teach you how to leverage the power of social dynamics and psychology to win more friends, earn respect, and get girls, which right. is very exciting. It is. And I have a podcast, too. Since you're listening to yes. a podcast, we should mention, if you search for The Art of Charm in iTunes... You come up with pure glory. Yes, it is an amazing podcast. And <laughs> I will say that um, we're going to talk to you about being a millionaire. And it's a, for our segment, Better Know a Millionaire. But I want you to stick around because I want to talk a little bit about the art of charm and and dating and, and getting friends and earning respect and all these things that are, are part of the bio. But uh, I'm super interested in this topic because I am a single dude. And I've been uh, traveling a lot, doing these conferences uh, for the you know for the websites that I own and stuff. So I'm really curious to get your take on those things. So I have a bunch of questions, but let's get started with uh, how you became a millionaire today. What, what how'd you do that? It's funny because I feel like such a d bag. I understand like how I became. I, d- is that a normal reaction? Because I feel like people I know that are really rich never want to talk about it. People who I know who made it are like, uh, I don't know, it's awkward. And then people who are like thirty thousand dollar millionaires, they <laughs> they can't wait. To, they can't yeah. shut up about how rich they are. Yeah, we want to yeah. break the social taboo. So we're just saying, you know what? It's a it's a it's a play on uh, a uh, a segment that. Uh, what's it say? Stephen Colbert. Yeah, yeah better so better know, know it. district. Exactly. So. so we're just so yeah. It's it's tough to I can get I can get that sense. But uh, I, how did you become a person that has a lot of uh money Ooh, in the uh, bank? <laughs> you know, it's I'll, first of all, I do, just to be super frank, I don't have a million bucks in a checking account, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That would be dumb, right? I think. I mean, I think. There are two types of people that have a million dollars in a checking account and aren't just, you know, having it short term for a transaction. People who are somehow got there having no idea how to invest and people that are so rich that a million dollars in a checking account, they don't even, they didn't even know it was in there. It's like finding $5 in your, in a pocket of a pair of jeans. <laughs> like, oh, have, well, you know, because yeah, <laughs> you have, because you have $17 billion. And yeah. like, oh, crap. I, I, you know, I thought I put a million dollars in there and then I just spaced, um, <laughs> Yeah, so you find it your couch cushions. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, why does this couch weigh three tons? Oh, there's a there's a ton of quarters in here. There's a briefcase full of money underneath yeah. this cushion. Yes. Um. So it, it 
it definitely for me is like it, it became well, first of all, I used to work on Wall Street and I, I was an attorney. So I worked in finance and I mm. saw how people who were making money made money. I saw how investment bankers made money, spent money. And then of course I saw also how people wasted tons and tons of money. And I was like, if I ever run a company, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. And you know, that sort of worked out, but not really because you waste a ton of money as a company. There's just like almost no way around it unless you're one of those old crusty guys that micromanages everything. Yeah, like a Ebenezer Scrooge. Right, and it's mm -hmm. it's it's hard to make money that way, especially in this day and age because everything's fast-paced. You can't yeah. prove every transaction. It just It's not realistic. So, you know, I, I worked and founded The Art of Charm with my, my co-founders, my business partners, and, you know, we, we started out in my friend's basement and it became a popular show that still goes on in iTunes and we started coaching men. We started teaching them dating skills and we started, you know, rocking that stuff. And eventually I started learning how to sell this and we started learning how to market better and dot, 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 multi-million dollar company. And we, nobody saw it coming. So nobody saw it coming. You started with a podcast. Yes. And it, and it transitioned into uh, this, this, this business, this product that you have. Correct. Yeah, I started the show in AJ, my business partner's basement in law school and wow. I moved to New York to work on Wall Street and uh, I ended up quitting that job we ended up getting picked up by Sirius XM Satellite Radio mm. which oh, shit. built you know uh, the audience a little bit and then and in fact I was giving a talk the other day and someone's like were you ever on Stern and I was like yeah and they're like I've heard you on Stern <laughs> so that was pretty cool because right. it, you know that's always fun when that happens because as you guys know podcasters radio people we don't you don't, unless you're Howard Stern, nobody cares about you at all. Right, exactly. You're yeah. dead to everyone. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of how it worked for us for a, a long time. And we sort of just suffered in entrepreneurial anonymity and we didn't know what we were talking about. What we were, I mean, we knew we were talking about on the show, mm -hmm. but with business, we had no idea what the hell was going on or what we were doing. And after a while, we started to succeed in spite of ourselves. And then we started to get a little bit smarter bit by bit. And yeah. finally, you know, it started to click. How and, long uh, was a while? Oh man, it took us like five years to even get profitable, I would say. Really? Because we didn't know what we were doing. And we didn't start this thinking, let's start a business. We started this being like, this is a cool hobby that's making money. Oh, the economy sucks. I guess I'm losing my job slash quitting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can survive doing this. And then it was like, wait a minute. We need to start thinking like business people or we're gonna we're screwed. Right. You know? Right. And and that was what started to change things. And and people are like, oh, what idiots. They didn't think like business people. If you're, if you're running a business right now, there's a damn good chance you're not really running it like a business. You're probably just like making some money because you're lucky. <coughs> and, and if you start, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and if you say, yeah, yeah, you know exactly what I'm saying. And if you started to think like, hey, this is a business that could do something and you started to really run a tight ship, like we had to hire somebody who worked in a real business. We poached a CFO from Fox Mobile and Disney. And oh, he's like- shit. He's like, how are you guys still in business? And our accountant says the exact same thing. He's like, how on earth are you guys <laughs> even surviving? Like, what the hell? It's yeah. a recession. You guys should be broken on your asses. And it's like, we just have a really good idea. We execute it really well. But man, our marketing, like, it stinks. And, you know, the, the people, you know, who are spending money, I mean, we, when I look at things we spent lots and lots of money on, I'm like, this is what we got for $94,000. I, I, I hated these guys. <laughs> right. They worked here for a year. Right. I didn't even know they were getting paid. And, <laughs> you know, they made $94,000. And I'm thinking, how on earth? I mean, how did that, 
how did this happen? Right, you know, right. It's awful. It makes you want to cry. But See, after a while, you get over it. I imagine you were making some decent money on, as a lawyer on Wall Street. So yeah. you, did you go from making a bunch of money and is that where you really learned personal finance? And then you took this dive into the uh, entrepreneurial game and sort of had to live super frugal for a while? Or did you always like, were you able to coast? Um, yeah, what happened was I made a ton of money on Wall Street. I, I don't mean a ton, like, like oh, I'm so rich. I mean, I went from <laughs> a fuck college, ton, you mean? Yeah. I went from college to making like 160 a year starting salary. Yeah. So that starting, was a lot. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, holy cow, plus you get a bonus. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I couldn't spend all the money. I didn't know how. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I got like a really nice place and invested a ton of it into the art of charm because that was like a cool hobby that oh. we thought maybe would be like a cool side business. And then the recession hit and I invested a lot of my severance into the art of charm and just by the grace of God, didn't Made blow it, it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I... Sh- like theoretically, with all the idiots that were working here at that time and us not knowing what was going on, we probably should be broke and living in our parents' basement. <sighs> and I mean, we dodged so many bullets, you know, like it was just one thing after another of us just making terrible decisions. So I lived frugally. I mean, it's funny because I did my taxes and the we got a new accountant and he's like, can you send me some of your old W-2s? I want to look. I do this thing for my clients where I like chart your income and look for patterns. Mm-hmm. So I, I sent him like my 2011 tax return and it was like $24,000. <laughs> and then I sent him my 2012 tax return and it was like a little bit more, but not much. Yeah. And then I sent him like 2013 and 2014 and he's like, you're going to get audited. You know that, right? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that makes sense. And he's yeah. like, you can't, you can't like 400% you know, your income two years in a row and like not. They're going to be like, yeah. what are you selling? Yeah. Because this is what you're reporting. So, like, where are the drugs? Right, right. You know, <laughs> like, where are the drugs in small children <laughs> that, you are mar- that you are selling for this amount of, of, of money, for not only for the art of charm as a business, but for me, you know, personally as well. And I'm not even trying to be all like, oh, I'm so baller. I mean, I have crap loads of student debt, mm-hmm. you know, tons of, like, cards that I use to bootstrap the art of charm. So... I still live like a normal human being and I plan to for a while because I was raised by normal middle class people. Yeah. So like that was part of it too is I didn't blow tons of money on dumb. I mean, I did on dumb business stuff, but mm. I don't have like a car I can't afford. I have like a Ford Fusion that's a lease. You know right, what I mean? Right, Like, and I don't have things that are ridiculous. So and n- I don't, I think that's important part of it actually. Yeah. And now that you are a quote unquote millionaire, uh, what, what do you end up spending most of your money on nowadays? training it's funny because people are like man you know you must have this or i people go huh i thought i somebody actually told me this they're like don't take this the wrong way but i thought you'd have a higher end end vehicle or is this just like a work car (laughs) i thought you'd have an escalade by now yeah and i was like no it's a fair question because i'm they're literally in my like ford fusion right and i'm like no this is it man and they're like oh okay i mean it's the nice hey best-selling car of 2013 or something like whatever like is that your you know, pickup like, line that's the cheapest, i mean cheapest that is my that is my number one <laughs> i wasn't going to share it but to suggest but um, it's like having a, a, a toyota camera like i'm sensible baby yeah <laughs> i follow the herd yes i have no ambition to be different or stand out in any way uh, but like you know, it's it's funny because people are like, wow, what's that? And But I will spend much more on training. I think this year I spent much more than the... I could have bought the fully kitted out version of that car in cash 
at the dealer mm-hmm. with the amount of money I spent on like public speaking classes, broadcasting training, voice lessons. Um, what else? Have I, not like singing lessons, but like speaking and like yeah. presentation lessons. Uh, what else have I spent money on? I bought a lot of. Dang, I'm trying to even th- like it's hard to even keep everything totally straight. I, I buy tickets to like high end networking events that aren't really huh. networking events, but are like speaking conferences that are like invite only. So that one ticket for one seat for one weekend is like five G's. Yeah, you know stuff like that. I I buy that stuff. See, I was gonna ask my next que- my next question is about what your what are some of your investment strategies, and it sounds like you invest in yourself. Yeah, I'm always investing in myself and and pretty much like. Only in my, I, I, I have like mutual funds, but those aren't exciting. Yeah. And honestly, they're on autopilot. Like I, I, I put a couple G's, you know, every month or whatever, a few G's every month into these different mutual funds, some short the market or whatever. Cause I'm kind of aggressive. I'm young enough to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can be more aggressive in my investment strategy. And I put some in like, you know, I've got even traditional like IRAs and stuff like that that yeah. are capped at like, what I would invest per month in, in any other mutual fund. And I, I buy those and I, I trade them or whatever, but I don't sit there and like day trade. Right. Okay. I, you know, I plug them in and then I'll get an email from whatever, like Fidelity, that's like, hey, you haven't traded this cash you put in from your <laughs> bank account. I'm like, okay, buy more of this one that I've already bought a ton of. I yeah, don't care. Yeah. I don't, I don't dedicate any time to it. I don't think it's fun. I don't think it's interesting. But that's where you're, so you're, so you're using fidelity to uh, buy basically mutual funds and investment. You know, keep it keep it simple. Yeah, and and the only difference between me and like anybody who walks into fidelity right now and opens up an account with like mm-hmm. a grand is that I think I have access to some funds that are probably different than everyone, and I don't even know if that's fact. I know I have a level of service that's different uh, than other people, but I think it's not really that different. I think I probably get like. A cup of coffee when I walk in instead of you know a glass of water. <laughs> yeah, I really don't yeah, even yeah, know. Right, it's, right. I ha- if it, honestly the the experience I have with it is not like wow this is what this is what the other half lives like. Yeah. I think it's it's more like all right this guy handles my money and I just can't wait to get the hell out of here because I'm hungry. Right, right. You know? they don't, it's like the BMW dealership where they just walk you over, sit you down in a nice leather chair, give you coffee. And I, yeah, I had to deal with that. That was fun. It's, and, not, and it's, it's nice. <laughs> it makes you feel okay for like the first time you do it, and you're like, "Wow, this is cool." I feel like I've made something of myself because I didn't. I wasn't born into dough. Yeah, my parents are really hardworking and were hardworking and still are, and and so am I. I'm a workaholic, generally speaking. So it's not like sitting back on autopilot. But it's cool. It's nice to be able to walk into some place and they respect you. But honestly, they should respect everybody. But I know how it works. Yeah, you know, if you walk in with five hundred dollars, they're like. Yeah, yeah, put it in the box, you know, <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Probably they do that. Yeah. Do you and buy? It. Do you like you? Do you live frugally? Mm, it depends. I lived a lot. Well, truth be told, I lived a lot more frugally until I moved in with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that she spends lots of money. It's that I I lived in L.A. I lived in the annex to the Art of Charm office. You know, there were eight other guys in there because that's where our, our live programs are held. I had a private place, obviously, in there, but it was a small room. I didn't have that much furniture. I had like an Ikea bed and a bookshelf and a closet that was built into the wall. I didn't have a ton of nice stuff. I had like four or five like nice outfits. And I don't mean like $10,000 suits. I mean like stuff that you'd be seen in public in and like some nice jeans and everything else was pretty basic. And then I moved in with my girlfriend and we moved to San Francisco and I'm like, I don't want to live in a dump with rats. And mm-hmm. in order to 
in any city in America, if you want to live in a, a place that isn't old and crusty, you're paying for it big right. time. And so that is my rent is five x what it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've got like nice office chairs in here. I've got audio equipment in here. I've got a nice bed because my girlfriend's like my back hurts, and I'm like, <laughs> well, we can afford it. And I'm used to my back hurting because. I don't give a crap about this Ikea mattress. And she's like, you sleep on an Ikea mattress? We can't do that. It's bad for you. You know, stuff like that. You buy a real couch instead mm-hmm. of the futon you've had that doesn't work anymore because right. it's always unfolded. Like, you, you replace stuff like that. And so, you know, that is, that's how I live. But I don't go, oh, yeah, you want to go to Vegas this weekend and buy bottle service and it's eight grand? Sure. Yeah, I make it rain nine. in a strip club somewhere. Let's make it rain. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's weird because I know a lot of people that do that. And at first I thought, man, those guys must be really rich because uh-huh. they just bought an $8,000 watch and they just kind of, and now we're at a club and they're spending like $2,500 on bottle service. Here's the thing. Some of those people are, are well off, but a lot of them, do they just spend every cent that they have. Right. Yeah. It's all on credit. It is. Or they're like, a lot of these internet marketer guys, mm-hmm. they make money and it's a lot of it is... They, they don't see it as a result of, like, work, right? Because for me, you know, we're selling programs at the Art of Charm. We're selling sponsorships on our show. You know, we make money. We hustle. We reinvest all the money in the business, and we pay ourselves uh, to live out, outside of that. A lot of these internet marketer guys, they have, like, low overhead, so they might make thirteen grand a month, and then they're kind of like, ah, I'm going to pay my taxes later, mm-hmm. you know? And, then, and they're like, oh, I made a lot from this launch. And so they're like, I can waste 20 grand of this <laughs> 80 grand that I made. But the thing is, their their launch took three months. Yeah, yeah. And they were living off of their savings. So you'll talk to these guys that are like balling out of control in Vegas, inviting us to go fly out there on a chartered plane, blah, blah, blah. And then like three months later, they're like, uh, yeah, man, I can't go out to dinner tonight. I'm just, I'm working. And I'm like, what's up with Alex? He's never out. And they're like, oh, he's broke as shit. He can't even, he can't even put gas in his car, dude. Right. And I'm like, what? He spent $1,800 on food. Yeah. Like, Four weeks ago, and they're like, yeah, shit's gone, man. He was making it rain with his credit cards. Yeah, his launch didn't do as well as he thought, so now he can't go home. I'm like, what the? Like, one guy called me and was like, what are you doing for Christmas? I'm like, going home because I'm normal. And he's like, oh, (laughs) I'm going to be in L.A. And I'm like, why? You know, why wouldn't you go back to Michigan? We were both from Michigan for Christmas. And he's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm a little bit low. And I'm like. Are you kidding me? You you have a Maserati and you can't fly to Michigan? <laughs> from I mean, what the hell are you talking about? The Maserati doesn't fly? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's got the Trident. You just zoom. <laughs> right. I mean, you can't even he couldn't even literally couldn't afford the gas to drive home. I mean, yeah, it's broke. Weak. <laughs> Dude, so so how how old were you when you started Art of Charm and how long did it take you to then get this place outside of the Art of Charm office and like get the fancy mattress with your girlfriend and you know do yeah. that rich people things the rich people things <laughs> like, like have a, like mattress. own a mattress yeah. yeah right like own a mattress that's not second hand because yeah. literally the other one was <laughs> just give me a nice um, Serta yeah no I mean you're fine with all that stuff it t- well I started this stuff like sort of rough around the edges when I was 24 I'm 34 now mm-hmm. um the business didn't kick up until I was about 26. It really wasn't squat until I was about 29, and it grew a lot in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, did you... Um, but it wasn't like mattress balling until recently. No, right. Now, now, <laughs> is there anything bad? Like, Is there any um, problems that you're having now that you have this money? Are you Are you seeing anything that you've never seen before? You know, well, yeah, I mean, it's not like, again, it's, it's so weird saying like this money, because I'm not, I feel like I'm not 
wealthy. Right. But that's because, you, one, I'm not. I mean, that's not wealth. Having a million bucks. What is it, that Sean Parker line? Like, a million bucks, that's not cool. A billion, a billion bucks. dollars, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, he's kind of right. Because, like, with with the quote-unquote amount of, of, like, net worth that's right now, it's like, I reinvest. We reinvest everything. The Art of Charm team, you know, it's AJ and the other guys here. Like, we reinvest everything into the company. We're not sitting here like... Like you said, making it rain. Yeah, we're not doing any of that. So it's if you did, if you had some fancy algorithm where you could adjust our style of living, it's we probably live like a nice six figure lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But it's it's definitely not like oh this is the way it's done, son. You yeah. know, you don't come in and get wowed by anything. <laughs> like some people are like, damn, you got this place in San Francisco. This is cool. But like I said, huh? I thought you'd drive a nicer car. And I mean, that's not a one off occasion. People go, this is Jordan's car, like. How's business, dude? Yeah, like, right. It's good. You know, I, I usually ask our the millionaires that we have on what kind of car they drive, and I didn't have to ask that because you had you had blatantly told us what it was. Yeah, and, and usually, I don't, that's usually what it is, though. It's that's the that's the gener generic answer. It's oh, I have a used, you know, two year old, four year old used car. You know, not a big deal. And that's I think it's because when you're an entrepreneur, man, you're used to making calculations like value versus like expenditure blah 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 a car is the sh number one shittiest investment you could ever make yeah andrew doesn't even have a car yeah yeah i man. mean i don't blame you if i i could and i didn't want a car here either but my girlfriend works in palo alto and needed one mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. like i i literally and i had it when i was in la too like literally man there is no reason to have it if you don't need it if you live in any city with decent transport Especially with things like Zipcar now. And like the oh, second yeah. you buy a car, I mean, you can buy, I know a lot of guys that make a million plus dollars per year. And they're, and it's weird to me still, but they're driving like cars that have 100,000 miles on them <laughs> yeah. that they didn't buy new. Right, right. And they're like, whatever. It gets me from point A to point B. That's the point. I don't care about it. It doesn't have any problems. It's very safe. And they, they paid like three grand for it. And it's market, like, if, you know, if they got, like, the at cost, it's worth, you know, 2900 And it's, like, yeah. their their idea is to pay as close to the actual value of the car or below because it's not an investment. It's bad. It's not property. It's a POS that's going to rust out and get hit by a truck when you're, it's parked and you're going right. to have to literally <laughs> discard it. You know, so it's it's funny because people are like, oh, man, these guys, this guy must be so rich. He has a really nice car it really doesn't have anything to do with this level of income. It has much more to do with this level of insecurity and his willingness yes. to pay. Because I know a lot of people that make a lot less money than, than, than we're talking about here, and their cars are much nicer than mm -hmm. mine or anybody mm -hmm. that I hang out with, man. Yeah, same here. I have to ask a difficult question. So it seems like you did the DJ smile life. You went from making a lot of money to not making so much money and then back to making a lot of money again. Do you remember if you were happy during the peaks or during the valleys? And has your and basically what I'm asking is has your has the level of money improved your happiness or does that not matter? It has it doesn't matter. Didn't matter. And and I know that people are like, "Ah, shut up, Jordan." <laughs> you know, like people Bullshit. Here's here's the thing and and there's science behind some of this, right? Like mm -hmm. when I was making like 24 grand a year. I was so excited about the Art of Charm. We were moving forward so quickly and the company paid my rent and I was living in New York. So yes, we were broke, but it didn't matter much because I knew I had a roof over my head and when we went out, we never paid for anything because it was like, 
every bar knew us. Every like, yeah. we paid for like my money went to like eating at restaurants. That was it. And I had some savings, so I wasn't like freaking out, you know. So if you're not stressing about where your needs are going to come from, you're pretty much okay. Especially if you're excited about what you're doing with your business, where you're going in life, mm-hmm. you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars per year. But if you're really bored with your business or you're afraid that it's all going to come tumbling down because of, you know, maybe you've got like an impending lawsuit or something, trust me, I've, I've had mornings, not recently, but back in the day where I was on Wall Street and I was like walking past a construction site and it was like a nice summer day. And I went, man, I wish I was doing that. Yeah. And I'm like, like you know, (laughs) They have money. They they don't have money, but they have benefits, and they're out in the sun. And I know that job sucks. I'm it's like office delusional. space at the end of office space. I yeah, just, you just want to build stuff. Yeah, and and I was just like, I'm gonna go and sit in this dumb place where I'm eventually gonna get fired because I'm the world's shittiest employee. <laughs> so like, they're gonna eventually figure out that I'm faking it, and I don't know anything about law on Wall mm-hmm. Street. And I'm gonna get canned, and I'm gonna be broke, and it's gonna come when I least expect it, and blah blah blah. Versus like construction guys. I mean, those guys are they're sitting down all the time. They work five days a week, not including bank holidays and everything, mm-hmm. and they've got you know crazy good healthcare. I mean, it it depends. I'm generalizing here, but right. security. Once you have that, like you don't need a ton of extra dough. And I know a lot of people that make tons of money, like investment bankers and stuff, and they're like, whatever, man. You know, they don't care. Yeah, they don't have time to spend it anyway. So, what's the most important thing you learned about yourself or or money in general after becoming a quote unquote millionaire? Um, it's a means to an end. It it's a it's a number that other people think is impressive that you will not even probably notice. Hmm. You know, and and for me, I'm all about growing the art of charm and making it a kick-ass business. If I had to take a 50% pay cut, but my business was kicking ass, I would do it in a second. And I know that people are like, easy for you to say, but honestly, <laughs> literally, I could do that. And my quality of life would suffer so minimally that I wouldn't really care. I might have to move out of San Francisco, but like, oh well. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you, but you care about the business. Yeah. And that's really I care work. about the art of charm much more than I care about like a corner unit with sunlight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can get that outside of the city. And it's it's really it's there's nothing I'm attached to that I have to pay for. Interesting. You've been a wildly different interview as far as millionaires are concerned. Really? Yeah. What, I mean, what, I don't know about wildly really? different. A lot of them are super frugal. Um a lot of them uh have you know, they, they do this, the car thing. The car is not very important. The house is even not that important. Where they live is not important. It's just, you know, having that security, I guess. The security of, okay, there's a bank account, and yes, there's money in it, or there's investments, and there, yes, there's money in there, and I can kind of not worry. It's sort of a more of a, you know, a psychological thing. Yeah, and, and let me tell you, I don't, I don't know what kind of millionaires you're talking to, but, like, everybody I know who's in the same boat as me, we're all worried. Yeah, you know, we're we're all neurotic workaholics, and we're not necessarily worried we're gonna go broke tomorrow. But I, I think all of us, and maybe it's just because I'm in the San Francisco tech entrepreneur bubble. Yeah, it might be like, a little different. Yeah, we're we're like, if if you lost your business, very few people would lose their business here and go screw it. I got tons of money. They'd be devastated. Right, it's and they life. and and many of them throw a ton of their money into bad businesses because they don't want it to end. Mm-hmm. So m- people here care much more about their businesses and their on- their enterprises than they do about their bank balance. And I want to talk a little bit about your business, the art of charm. Mm-hmm. So what exactly do you do? 
What is your job at the Art of Charm? I do all of the shows. So okay. all of the podcast shows that you hear, mm-hmm. I, I record those. I book the guests and I do all that, that work. And I don't edit them or anything anymore, but I do all the broadcasting. I do all of the media and the PR. So right. you know, when someone's like, oh, we want to talk to somebody there about what you guys do, that's me. Mm-hmm. So I'm the face of the brand. Anybody who wants to come to a live program, I screen them. I don't coach necessarily as much. I mean, I do a little, but not nearly as much as I used to. I screen them. I talk to everybody. I make sure they're a good fit. Um, I have a little bit of hand in hiring, but I, I stay away from a lot of that like suit level type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm constantly getting my hands dirty with you know, social media, blah, 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 marketing stuff. Yeah, like right. I write copy. I, I like doing that stuff. And one of the big changes is in having this business be successful is I'm no longer, like, entrepreneurs always, you've heard this cliche, like, we wear many hats or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Now I'm, it, it used to be like, oh, crap, you're wearing hats whether you like it or not. Now I'm kind of like, this hat smells funky. I'm going to give it to somebody else. <laughs> right, and, right. And so you have that luxury as your business becomes more successful. But at the end of the day, if you don't know that hat, like the back of your hand, you're, you're, it's going to, the person you hand it to is going to screw up. So you have to know everyone's job and you have to know how to do it. So there's still a lot of that. You're never going to be, and I, sh- maybe I shouldn't say never. I may, maybe Richard Branson is like playing golf all day, but I doubt it. Every, you know, you always hear about those guys being like super involved and super active in mm-hmm. everything. Well, Andrew, you're always telling me to give up a lot of my stuff that I do. You just, yeah, you want me to you just hand it at over. At least you could do like better, like stuff that you're better at, like be creative, like make video, yeah. you know, record music and stuff. Yeah, because I'm still editing all the podcasts myself because I'm right now I'm the only one that knows how to do it, but yeah. I'm sure I could hand it off. Yeah, and but it's tough though because it's kind of an artistic thing. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm in the starving artist mentality. Where, see, that's the thing is I'm a starving artist mentality. Andrew's not that, he's the opposite of that, which is why I need him. You know, I'm going to make something goofy or artistic, figure out a way to make money, you know, sort of thing. Excellent. Excellent. So I, I want to get into, because uh, the Art of Charm is appealing to me. It's appealing to me as a single man. Uh, you say it's a live academy, and is this something like I have to be in San Francisco to do? No. Um, right now, I'm looking at the boot camp guys from Denmark, Australia, New Zealand, the U.S. and Canada. There's only one guy from California hmm. in our workshop right now. People, in fact, last week we had a guy from China. Huh. That's got to be tough. There's so yeah. many people there. I, see, one of the things that I have an issue with is, because I, I actually, you know what? Uh, so I'm a single dude. I've pretty much had trouble with women since birth, I can, I can imagine. Uh, there's, there's this, um, I've had girlfriends. That, that's, not, that's, not the, that's not the issue. Uh, but I've, I, I've seen this stuff of, of, yes, when you go to a bar or whatever, you go right up to a woman, you talk to her, just, you count to three. There's no, you know, you, that's no holds bar. Just walk right up to them. That's, that's it. Right. But that, it might be the hardest thing in the world to do. That, that might be like the most difficult thing I can think of doing right this second. If I see a girl walking by my window, I would have no balls right now to walk up to her. And yeah. Was that, that weird? That's not, it's normal. Or is that's normal. normal. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's totally normal. And, of course, the issue there is it's not a matter of, like, having a game plan. You know, it's, it's a confidence issue. And that's all it is? It's but how a, do you, well, wor- but how do you work on that? Yes. It's all, all it is. <laughs> that's is it. A, it's like, you know what your problem is, guy who doesn't have that much money? <laughs> You're not making enough money. That's your so, issue. Yeah. 
You know what your problem is, unhealthy guy? You're fat. Yeah. No, just stop being so fat. You eat be... too many Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a confidence issue. And what we know is, without getting too science happy, I want you to get science y. The, the mind follows the body and the body follows the mind, right? So, we know mm. that everything that's happening outside, nonverbal communication, body language, vocal tonality, eye contact, the way you sit, stand, walk, and talk. It's just a reflection of what's going on in your noggin. And that's not just like some hmm. woo-woo, I've been in California too long type of stuff. This is, this, is based on, this is based on science, evolutionary psychology, things like that. So it's, it's, not, um, it's not something that we just like made up and put into an ebook. So we've been testing a lot of different ways to correct this, and some of the best ways to correct any behavior is essentially exposure therapy. And of course, feedback and, and getting people to react differently towards you. So, you know, we'll have guys come in, we videotape them in interactions, we play the tape with them, we're like, here, look, this is what you look like, here's how you're showing up first impressions wise, here's how our female coaches are viewing it, here's how we're reading into it, here's how you can tweak it, uh-huh. rinse and repeat, do that 45 times. Are and that's you serious? Day one. Yeah. That's what you do? Yeah, that's the first day. Oh my God. So there's, so it's like one of those cop mirrors where they can't see you on the other side. Is it one of those kind deals? Of. Only we're actually sitting there to add additional social pressure to the whole weird situation. <sighs> we're actually there, and you know you're being filmed, so it's really? not a secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and there's women there, other like other women besides the one you're trying to talk to. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And and the ones that we do, it, like, depends how we do the classroom drills, but it's there's that, and then of course we do real life daytime and nighttime practice as well. But it's not just dating stuff. I mean, we give feedback based on how you're showing up in pretty much every single area. So we do a lot of like persuasion skills, dealing with difficult people, how you're perceived in, in, in any kind of relationship, not just a dating relationship, but also you will go on a mock date with like one of our female instructors and you'll get a report card about how you did. And, you know, we teach you how to connect and generate trust, rapport, get people to like and trust you. So it's a completely different setup in a completely different class. There's nothing else like this and That's so crazy. for that reason, we get a lot of varied clientele from guys who are engineers that work in software to military special forces and intelligence to entrepreneurs to high-end sales guys who sell things that are millions of dollars. And they're like, listen, this is my sales are all about relationship development. Yeah. So if I can get a tenth of a percent edge, it's worth a million dollars over mm-hmm. the next decade. And so they'll pay whatever they need to do to get there, right? So what you're offering is training. Yes, not information. It is purely, it is training. I mean, there's information involved, but people often go, oh, you know, I can get this for free on YouTube. And it's like, <laughs> no, you can get information for free. And yeah. I would never charge you for information, which is why we have a podcast with 400 hours of information. But if information were to change you, then everybody's life would be perfect because God knows we don't have a shortage of information anywhere. Sure, sure. I, I, you know, uh, so you, you don't just deal with, I mean, look, do a majority of the people that come in, are they looking to pick up women? Is that really the deal? No. The majority of people that come in are looking to meet somebody, get married, have a family. Uh, 30% of our clients are actually married or in relationships. Wait, so, so they're looking to just build relationships and in generally friends and, and yeah, business? Friends, yeah, friends, business, strengthen their familial relationships. That's about a third of the guys that come through AOC. Isn't that... Isn't that- psychology is is that is that like uh what do you go to a psychologist for are you guys basically offering no, that well, service no no because if you go to a psychologist they'll be like hmm, how does that make you feel and you'll be like 
bad because I don't have a good social circle. Right. Why do you think people aren't being friendly with you? I don't know. Well, it's something to think about. See you next week. And we're like, yeah. hey, dude, the reason people don't like you is because you're a close talker. And to be honest, you reek of the agenda that you want to be liked. And that's really a turnoff. Not only is it driving women away from you, but it is making people not want to be around you. But I'm trying to be nice. Exactly. But you're trying to be nice. Why? Because I trying. want people to like me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and yeah, that shines through and that doesn't look good because if you want people to like you, it shows that you're not really, you know, having enough self-esteem to, to be likable on your own. Hmm, that's weird. Well, what causes that? I don't know. Uh, my dad wasn't really around when I was a kid and I always felt like I was trying to do the same thing with him. <laughs> right. Okay, now we're talking. So it's not us being like armchair psychologist. I don't really care why you grew up that way or you have a familial issue, but I will tell you how to turn it around and it's going to require a little bit of manual labor. So next time you're like, I want this girl to like me. I'm going to pick her up from the airport. You, th you have to think like, oh, wait a minute. I'm doing this because I have this complex running in my, in my brain that says that she'll like me if I do this. And the reason that I want people to like me is because I have this hole over here that I'm trying to fill with the approval of others. All right, I need to stop doing that. Okay, well, now that I know I'm not supposed to do that, I would say a normal person probably wouldn't pick up a girl from the airport that they met at a bar last night at 1 a.m. You're right. I shouldn't do this. That's weird. Yeah. So, and, and you do that times a thousand over a 60-hour week-long program. And you've got a, probably not a thousand, probably a hundred. You've got a lot of flavors and behaviors that people are doing. And once you can short circuit that crap and they start to become more aware and they have better alternatives for the things that they were doing that weren't working, they start to see that people are treating them differently and that they're feeling differently. And that changes the, that changes who you are at the core level. It's an identity level shift. And yeah. when you make that, it becomes who you are. So it's not fake. We're not adding layers on your personality. You're not wearing something that lights up and talking about how cool yeah, you're you are. You're not peacocking. Right. You're, you're going through and going, oh, previously, due to the insecurity that's still sort of running in a background pattern in my head, I would have behaved in this way and gotten angry and jealous. But instead, I'm going to look at this in a totally different way based on the advice I got from The Art of Charm and say, okay, this is probably what's really going on. And if I'm not sure, I'm going to go on the Art of Charm alumni page and I'm going to post this situation and get feedback from 500 guys that have graduated from the program and the whole coaching staff at the Art of Charm to make sure I'm not doing something stupid or delusional. Oh, so there's that support system there. Consistently for years afterwards. Because it's not, you're not going to, you change a lot in a week, but you change a hell of a lot more in the three years after the week. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. See, I, I have a problem right now. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm having this. Uh, I had this idea, which I know Tim Ferriss has done in the past, but I want to prove that you can date for for cheap. I want to prove that you can go out on dates and not drop, you know, not not make it rain for for your, for lack of a better phrase. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, what I would like to do is just go out and have uh, go on a date with like 20 I want to go on 20 dates and mainly because I love that movie so much and I'm, I'm sure no one knows what I'm talking about but it's a it's a very funny movie uh, but I want to go on 20 dates and I want to make it you know to turn it into a podcast and to prove that you know you can go on 20 dates and 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 kind of like add up all the totals and find out that oh you know dating isn't really that expensive so that shouldn't hold you back from doing it however right. uh, one of the issues I'm having is that no one likes me on tinder that's and I know now yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you have any tips for online dating because that's all I mean. Look, yeah, I live in we, a. We wrote a book about Tinder. Did you really? Yeah. If people go to theartofcharm.com/slash/tinder, there's a free ebook that shows you like how to set up your profile, strategies for how you select people and match based on 
things that we've learned from like the founder of the app so he knows how it works. Uh-huh. And then some strategies on like how to start messaging conversations that are going to be unique enough to get attention where you need them to. Yeah. And then of course like how to translate the haha banter fl- fl- like flirting fun part to an actual meetup cuz a lot of guys are like, "Man, I got Tinder matches all day." And it's like, "Cool, how many dates have you gone on?" Uh like one. Yeah, I can because say I can say zero. Like, I have uh, Tinder matches all day because I just hit I just swipe a like constantly. I'm just trying to create the big right. pool, which is what somebody told me on Twitter to do. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Right, right, actually, totally wrong, because they actually penalize you for that. But yeah. No shit. <laughs> yeah, and it's in the book. It's like, there are different strategies. You can just like everybody, but then it's like, oh, think about it. And here's, I'm, I may be getting it wrong, because I, I read, I wrote the book and read our final product a long time ago, but yeah. um, it, it basically looks a little bit like this. If you're matching everybody, they're like, oh, great. Well, you've matched up with a ton of people in this really wide area that you mm-hmm. selected. Mm-hmm. So in order to get other people matches, we're just going to show your profile later to people who are matching because you're matching everybody. So you're not a picky customer. Because they don't want people to be like, ew, and not match anyone and then not use it. So they they penalize yeah. you for that in specific ways. Oh, see, I didn't know that. So now, and 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 like the reason I'm using Tinder is because it's a free app, right? So my, my point is like, yes, you can go out and date, use a free app, actually go out and get a cup of coffee. It doesn't have to be expensive and go the whole nine yards. But, and I'm not, I, I've never dated through a, uh, an online dating service. I've never used it. But how do you feel about online dating services in general? Um, I think for guys, they're largely a waste of time. And I'll tell you why. Um, as guys, we're largely visual and, you know, it, it sucks because a lot of people listening are like, that's so shallow, but it's <laughs> tough. It, the tough nuts, it's science. Yeah. We're looking for signs of youth and fertility. You know, you can say, oh, I age well. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, all the cliches aside, we're looking for signs of youth and fertility, and the scoreboard shows that, and the science all shows that. So when we're talking with somebody on Tinder, we know we're dealing with, like, your representative, and you hand-selected those shots, and you, you know, you, you're tan in that photo, and you're 10 pounds lighter, and you're three years younger. I mean, we, we know that, and, and it sounds shallow, but I just don't care because it's, it's true. And so you'll talk to somebody and you might be like, she is hella cute, right? And then you show up to the coffee shop and before you even talk to her, you see her sitting down and you go, nope, and you want to go home. (laughs) Fuck, I'm out of here. Yeah, because you would make a decision in a nanosecond to not probably even bother talking with that person. Hmm. But on online, we're investing time and energy into that. Whereas in real life, we would never bother because we're not interested and the chemistry is not going to be there. And so it's great for, like right now, a lot of girls and a lot of guys who don't understand dating science and stuff like that are going, well, now you're missing out on meeting all these great people. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, yeah, great. If you're looking, and I I say you are right. If you want to make some female friends that you are platonically interested in, Go on a bunch of online dates and meet some really nice, good folks. Yeah. But if you're looking to meet somebody that you want to be attracted to, you can meet them online, but it's going to be freaking chance. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be because you went on a bunch of dates and you met these people. Da, da, da. Yeah, sure. If you go on 100, you might meet somebody that you're like, wow, I'm really stoked about this person. But chances are you're just going to meet some people that are cool and fun and you're just not really that attracted to. And what's even scarier is you're probably going to go on so many dates that eventually you're going to go, you know what, this is what's out there. And you're going to settle for one of those people. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's yeah. going to be the end. 
But what? Ha- but I mean, I've always heard that you shouldn't go to bars to pick up women. Right? That's like the kind of the the joke nowadays. Maybe, but I mean, you can, and and you should at least go to bars to be social if you want to go to bars to be social. But you don't need to do that. I would say do things that you're interested in, and there's going to be people of all sexes there, and you should create a large social circle, which will inevitably have some females in it. I'm interested in computers. Is there a club I can go and hack on computers and meet women? Yeah, I mean, that might be a tough area. You should probably learn to expand your horizons. But here's the thing. Right. Like, in all honesty, there's a lot of people and a lot of the clients that we have at ASC are like, all right, cool. I'm going to make a, We tell them, make a list of things you've always wanted to do and learn. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're like, oh, I always kind of wanted to learn to cook Italian food because my grandma's Italian and she has some badass recipes that I don't really know how to create. Yeah. And also, I, I'm really interested in learning... Italian language because, you know, it's my family history and I'm the only one who doesn't speak it. I'm the first generation that doesn't speak Italian and it seems kind of a shame. Maybe I'll sign up for those things. So you sign up for it's going to oh. be all dudes, right? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be some girl. And even if you're like, oh man, none of the girls in my class are hot, who cares? <laughs> Make friends with them because every girl, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to create a social circle here. You want a social circle that you can expand yeah. and create a larger social circle through which you can meet somebody that you're attracted to. Because if you ask any married couple, there's a 90 friggin' percent chance, probably even higher, that they met through a friend or met at a thing thrown by friends because they are connected in their social circle. You don't have to be the exception to this rule because you're Mr. Pickup Artist extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. You just need a larger social circle to increase your chances of meeting somebody that's pre-vetted because they're friends with somebody that you actually like. Yeah. And I love your character of the guy who always disagrees with what you say. <laughs> that's oh, a good, yeah. That's, your, that's a great character. Uh, that. And there's yeah. also the contrarian who's like, you know, well, uh, well, I just don't see that. I mean, you're just going to meet some shallow people if you do that. You're just going to meet girls at bars. There's a, it's funny because people, like a lot of guys who disagree with Art of Charm stuff are like these big wuss bags that are just like, this is terrible. And then... It's funny because they're like, this is misogynist. But then you talk to women and they're like, thank God somebody's teaching guys this shit. Yeah. You know, like the women love this. We get, I get more fan mail from girls than I do from guys. Interesting. Because girls are like, thank God this is out there. I'm telling every guy friend. And it's funny because they're like, I can't wait to tell my, all, my, all my guy friends about this. And then I'll get an email like three weeks later like, my guy friends will not listen to your show. And it's so frustrating because it's their egos are getting bent sure, by this hot chick that they yeah. totally wanted to like get into. Mm-hmm. It's like, you <laughs> should it. listen to this show and it'll teach you how to be a more attractive guy, friend. You know, and they're like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, I've been told I'm charming, but uh, for some reason I... By your I, mom, maybe. Yeah, my mom. <laughs> I've, had, I've had two girlfriends who were like, you know, you're charming. Just be charming. And I go, don't, now don't tell me to do that. I had, I had a girlfriend once who... Uh, we were going to her parents' house, and I was meeting her parents for the first time, and she said, uh, don't tell people that you just bang on a computer all day when they ask you what you do for a living. She's like, you're a charming person. You can figure it out. And I'm like, oh, crap. And the What fir- does that even mean? Yeah. It means that the first thing I said when someone and her family asked me, oh, what do you do for a living? I go, oh, I bang on a computer. That's that's exactly what I said because she had put that in my head as that's that as as something that I say constantly. Oh, nice, nice. I was like, great, awesome. right? And it's and it's you know, I don't think it's gonna. It's I think it's gonna be pretty difficult to go out and uh, date twenty women in one weekend and yeah. do it for a podcast. I think that's gonna well, be difficult. It's gonna be tough to do it in one weekend. It's definitely doable in a week. Uh, well, I mean, not a week. Like I a give month. yourself a month. A yeah. month, yeah, yeah. And what do I do? Just go out to just social. Play. I, that's a thing. Like I live in South Jersey. You know how sucky it is here. Uh, that's like a shithole. Yeah, yeah. 
I got to yeah. move, right? That's where you got, you know, you got to move. You can, or you can, I mean, you can meet people that, that not everyone there sucks. You nah. know? I mean, it's just, you're going to have to do a lot of screening. <laughs> right. That's, that's what's really great about places like, you know, San Francisco is like, de- well, it depends on who you are. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of guys are like, oh, the women in San Francisco, oh, they suck. And it's like, well, I don't need, I don't need thousands. I really just want to find one. And I live yeah, with my one. girlfriend now, so I'm good. But right. like, you know, if, if you're out and you're like, oh, the competition's so strong out here and da da da. If you're in a place like New York, that's mm-hmm. the best place you can be in America to meet <sighs> women who are smart and fine. Damn it, Andrew. I'm not coming to New York, dude. <laughs> Come on, man. Nope. It's where the ladies are. I like Philadelphia. I think I might go to Colorado for a little bit. I'm hoping there's some girls out there that like snowboarding. I mean, that's an interest of mine, right? There's, there's snow bunnies, right? That's a thing. There, is, there are, and that is, yes. Cool. Well, uh, Jordan, thanks for coming on the show, man. My pleasure. Yes. This is fun. It's fun, right? Yes. Talk about money. You don't have to be such a douchebag and being a millionaire. It's not a thing, you know. It's uh it was good to talk to you. And I think uh and is there anything you want to direct people to specifically? Yeah, I'd say you're already listening to a podcast. Check out the Art of Charm podcast. It's free anyway. Yes. Money. Yeah, it's awesome. Rich. It's a great podcast. <laughs> awesome. Thank cool. you so much, guys. Been yeah, absolutely. Really and uh, listen, if you guys have any questions, you can email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And uh, if you like the show, of course, you can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcasting app that you use. Just subscribe. Just hit subscribe. That way you can get an episode every day delivered to your inbox because guess what? We do an episode every single day. And if you leave a review, let us know that you left a review. And you can email the review at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com because that's really the only way we're going to know that you actually left a review. And I want to read a, just a quick review by Nag 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 2. Uh, thought-provoking, educational, and entertaining five stars. I really like this podcast. They touch on lots of small topics and keep the episode short and easy, easy to digest. They keep the banner going, which keeps you interested, and squeeze in lots of small tips and things to look up and research. So thank you so much, Nag 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 2. And if you want to visit our website, it's listenmoneymatters.com. And of course, we have the listenmoneymatters.com toolbox, which you can find at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And we have all of the things in there like Betterment and, the, and uh, what is it, Vanguard. We have uh, restaurant stuff in there. We have how to start podcast stuff in there. And of course... Visit the Art of Charm, where Jordan's site is located. So, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. Jordan, thanks for being on the show once again. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, we look forward to the next episode. So, later. Later, man.